0: Hello and welcome back to the Stress Sessions. Thank you for tuning in. So I've decided to do Series 2 slightly differently to Series 1 as I was really keen to feature people from my local area in Milton Keynes. This week I'm speaking to Milton Keynes blogger Sophie Etc who's best known for finding the best independent food places and other independent places around the Milton Keynes region. Sophie is really well known on social media in the local community which isn't surprising as it's her job. So it was really interesting to find out about and get to know the person behind the ever expanding social empire that is Sophie etc. And to chat to Sophie about her struggles with mental health in the past. Some of them are really relatable and hit home with me on a number of levels. I won't make you wait any longer so here is the stress sessions with Milton Keynes blogger Sophie etc. Hi, Hi. Yeah, good thank you. How are you? Good, thank you you've probably been asked it before but why Sophie etc what where did the like etc come from
1: so I have been blogging for eight years um and when I set up my blog there was like no like it wasn't really a thing like no one else was really doing it and I, I read a couple of blogs um and I called it something like I can't even remember what it was now but it was something really stupid like I just bought like a um set up a blog online and then um it just sort of was like I didn't really know what I was going to write about so the et cetera made sense because it could be anything Mm -hmm. and it was sort of an extension of me and what I liked and I enjoyed um but um yeah so and it sort of it started off as a lifestyle and fashion and beauty blog um and I I felt like I was trying to mold myself into what everybody else was doing um and then I went to university in Birmingham um discovered like how much I loved writing about food as the editor for like, the newspaper and stuff and then came back to Milton Keynes four years ago um, after I graduated and I'm so I was like so glad that I'd chosen the etc <laughs> because <laughs> for the name because I was like right we would be a food blogger like I'm gonna write about Milton Keynes and things to do locally and and stuff like that and and actually it's, it's done it's, it's it's done a lot of, you know favors eight years ago I probably wouldn't have like yeah realized how how far it would go but yeah
0: I think when you're coming up with a name for something as well, it's always, like with with the stress sessions, I've always been a bit like, does it sound ridiculous because it's too many S's or like people don't usually like using the phrase stressed out because it doesn't actually signify mental health. You did pretty well. Well, eight years ago, I would have probably called whatever I was doing something ridiculous and... I think yeah, yeah it's aged well, I, I think.
1: I think in like, you know, a lot of people who had blogs, they were it was all self-titled blogs. Like the most successful ones at the time, um, like there was like Zoe Sug, who her her blog name was Zoella, and that's sort of become her brand now. Um and then there was a couple of other ones that I followed and they were all self-titled blogs. So and actually a lot of people as blogging has like grown and accelerated, you know everybody's name on Instagram and um, and their blog URLs are all pretty much their own name. Mm. Um, so it does make sense uh, in a way. But yeah, the etc. And it literally could stand for anything. Like if i decided to pivot my content tomorrow and be, yeah. I don't know, write about golf or something, it, it wouldn't, <laughs> it, it, right wouldn't it matter. It'd just be like, <laughs> yeah, I'd just feel that space. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. And so... <laughs> You started the blog eight years ago. How? What kind of key things have changed, kind of, in those eight years? Like the big, because obviously, well, I, I don't even think Instagram was around eight years uh, ago. Just it's
1: just it celebrated its tenth birthday this year. Uh, okay, I couldn't have Instagram
0: because I had an Android phone. <laughs> oh wow! No way! I didn't realize that's a thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it was. It took about. I think it 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 took about two or three years for them to bring out an app on android so yeah like all my friends on iphone had instagram um and i was like the only blogger that didn't have it i just had twitter <laughs> yes. um but yeah so the in terms of stuff that's changed like it's it's a career path for a lot of people i think is the main thing like i don't really know any i can't remember any bloggers eight years ago that were were doing it full-time like they were moving towards that and um, but it wasn't like a real viable sort of um, income stream and then brands started to um you know uh, tag on to the fact that these bloggers were recommending products and they were seeing people buy their products because they followed these people that they respected and mm-hmm. they trusted their judgment uh, and then it was like oh we're missing a trick here so then they started doing a similar thing to like you know with celebrities and stuff you have PR agencies sending out freebies in the hope that the bloggers would feature it and like I remember I got sent like a free lipstick or something it was like my first PR product and I was I was buzzing because I was like <laughs> oh my gosh like this is amazing like I've got a free lipstick um and then yeah like you know I don't know where it suddenly sort of changed I think it must have been maybe like four or five years ago when I was at university and just sort of like dipping in and out of blogging. But yeah, like, you know, people are starting to make a full-time salary out of it. Um, and then people keep talking about like the demise of a blog. Um obviously influencers have pretty much moved like solely on Instagram. So, you know, some of the biggest influencers on Instagram don't necessarily have a website or a blog. And um, but I've always felt really strongly that I carry on my website and my my blog because that's where i could feel like i can deliver the most value and and all of the other social media channels are sort of they feed into that um but ultimately you know if you google best brunches in milton keen like my website will come up and and stuff like that so it's that is valuable to me because nobody else is really doing that
0: i think i think as well that social social media has developed a lot of this but i still think that it's the capabilities of social media so like an Instagram post or Facebook post or whatever is limited whereas i think yeah. if you're writing a blog article that you want to put images and copy in it's yeah you know that you can do that whereas mm-hmm.
1: and i love writing like i you know i did english literature and creative writing at uni um and i i like long form articles like i get excited about writing a restaurant review and things like that cause i can say a lot in a thousand words about one restaurant yeah
0: yeah
1: (laughs) um but yeah and and I use Instagram and Facebook to connect with my audience um and you know it's really handy now when someone says oh I need a recommendation for like date night or whatever and I'm like oh here you go here's the link to my guide because it sort of fulfills itself then
0: yeah it's yeah because I mean I was going back to you saying being sent freebies of like a lipstick I remember when I was at Uni and I did, I did, I did journalism and English at uni, Mm -hmm. and I used to do a lot of kind of like band interviews and stuff like that. And I remember I used to get random like sample CDs and stuff sent to my like uni room and stuff. And I used to be like, oh my god, this is so cool! It's just like like the the buzz of when you're like younger and getting stuff like that. You you kind of, yeah, it just makes you feel a little bit special. I think so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: And where do you, where do you see Sophie, et etc going in the future? Because obviously, like it's 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 pretty it's big, isn't it? It's, it's mm. I'd see like I think before I started doing this podcast, I was like oh, I, I I knew of you and I knew that you, you had a blog and that you had an Instagram account, and I think you've got a really good awareness and you've like, you've got a good captive audience. in Milton Keynes, where where do you see it kind of heading in the future?
1: Um, I think. I mean, I would love to see it continue to grow, and I would love to, you know, get to a point where um, I'm, you know, it, it's like my job. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I I'm so passionate about supporting local businesses, and I'm I feel very strongly that there's not a place really online for me for anybody providing like a different view of Milton Keynes. Like a lot of people say to me like oh I'm I really wish I discovered your blog sooner I have like a a Milton Keynes before I started reading your blog and I have a Milton Keynes after I started reading your blog and I've got like this whole list of places that I never knew about um and I just think that like that is so that just makes me feel so good like that is like exactly what I wanted to like wanted to do Mm. because people have this perception of Milton Keynes it's full of roundabouts there's like like five nandos and there's loads of chain restaurants but it's just like it's, it's not like that it's what you make of it like you can just eat a pizza express and you can just eat all the chains um so i'd love yeah i'd love for it to sort of continue to grow and continue to grow the community um and you know for it to take up more of my time so that i can Create more content because I you know I thought niching just to Milton Keynes I was like oh it's not gonna be a huge amount to write about I've literally never had (laughs) more content ideas like now you know I've got like dog walking dog walking ideas Yeah. uh, yeah dog friendly restaurants all of that kind of stuff um and then my my passion really is is like is social media so I'd love to to sort of set myself up as them and and do social media coaching and consultancy for small businesses because obviously I've seen firsthand the, the power that it can have for small businesses um, and you sort of can't be without it now but a lot of people because it's so new a lot of people still don't really know how to tap into it in the right way and it's changing all the time.
0: When we were chatting on Instagram you mentioned that you've previously suffered with panic attacks and anxiety can you yeah. tell me a little bit about that and kind of like why that happened?
1: yeah so um when was this i think yeah four years ago so it was the year i graduated university um i came out of uni i walked straight into a job uh, in in buckingham um and like went back to living at home and it the my first panic attack actually just came out of the blue like i i've always i think i've always been like a naturally anxious person uh, like I you know sometimes I'd lay awake like you know just thinking of the worst situation but it never sort of manifested itself um, and or like what people say like oh I'm a worrier like yeah I, I always sort of you know didn't always immediately think like something's gonna go well like what if this is gonna happen um, and it was in the September of yeah 2016 and my parents had gone away for the weekend. And I had like the most intense chest pain. I've had it all day. Um, every time I breathed in, I like it just really hurt. Um and I didn't really think anything of it. Like I thought it was like indigestion. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and it was literally I, was, I couldn't I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like I felt like someone was just sitting on my chest, so and everything was going all like tingly and numb and I was like, oh god, what is happening? Um so I called I called my grandma I was like what do I do? She's like, well, I think I would call, like, you know, 111. So I called NHS 111, and of course, they hear chest pain, and they're like, oh, we'll send an ambulance out. They sent, like, a first responder guy, and he was like, it's just, you know, it's probably just like a chest injury, like, you know, your heart's fine, you're not having a heart attack, you're not going to die, sort of thing. He um, said, so just sort of take it easy. So I was like, okay, like, that's fine then. Um, And then on the Monday, I was driving to work, and I just went cold. Like my whole body felt like it had drained of blood. Like my chest, like my heart was pounding. My lips went really cold. Like my head was tingling. I had no feeling in my arms. Um, and I, I panicked because I'd never, never felt like that before. Um, and yeah, I just I, proper proper freaked out. I pulled over in a bus stop in Stony Stratford and i was like help me like something there was all these people like waiting to go to work and i just like grabbed this guy and was like help and i tried to call my i was trying to call my mom and there was just this random guy oh, bless him on the phone and my mom was like who is that who is that and i was like "Try," because i couldn't speak i was mm. like oh. so uh, my mum was like we well, you know you know i'm i'll be on my way but like you know if it's that bad and i i called an ambulance and you know they were there within like five minutes and then they when they said to me they thought it was a panic attack I felt so stupid I was like oh god like and then I was more upset because I'd never I was like what like what is wrong with me sort of thing um and yeah it it proper proper took me out of me like it it felt really weird I went to the doctors they weren't hugely helpful they diagnosed the chest like pain which Mm. was like bruising from a dance injury that I'd done like a couple of weeks ago um and so that sort of put that part of my mind at rest but obviously then i was just like you know what is going on and that last period of the year i don't like i literally went to work came home and then just like got into bed like Mm -hmm. i don't really remember doing anything remotely productive um and at the time i was in a relationship that wasn't great um and I think that, like, all of the anxieties, like, around that and the fact that, you know, I'd graduated, I'd moved home, I'd started a new job. Like, there were so many big life changes going on that year that my, you know, battery level sort of, I was running on empty, basically, and it yeah. just all bubbled up. Um, and I did, I did, have I had several panic attacks during, like, the last, like, the last sort of quarter of that year. Um, and every time they were terrifying, usually when I was driving... <laughs> Oh god! Um, which is yeah, they um wouldn't wouldn't recommend.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's it, and the thing is as well is that they're so hard to describe. I think because I, I mean yeah. I've only ever had I think I've had about two or three, and yeah. one one was very recent. One's been during lockdown, mm-hmm. and i think i think it's different for everybody but i think mine again mine was i was i was in a car but i wasn't driving <laughs> <But Yeah. laughs> it was just a bit like i i sort of clam up go really quiet and mm-hmm. you do, i don't know you just you might you're, you're like like again it might just be me but like i have like a one trained fault so i just, i can't think of anything and it's just like you're yeah. so focused on
1: it's that like really like oh the only the only way i can sort of describe it to people is like the immediate there's like an immediate sense of dread like you don't yeah. really know like you can't the, the, it's nothing in particular and you and you're just and then you just get so i found i just got so inside my own head and you know someone will be there and they're like it's fine it's fine like you're fine and i'm like i know i'm fine but like I'm really scared right now. Like I don't know why, and then that makes it more scary, and you sort of just keep spiraling. And most of the time, I just had to ride it out. Like I just, you know, had to, you know. And some they wouldn't last a lot. You know, I hear some people and they, you know, last for a really long time, but mm. mine would sort of be like a, you know, fifteen minutes maybe of like being really intense, and then I'd just be exhausted. Like if I had one in the morning before work that'd be being done for the day like i'd just it'd just be so taxing um yeah, they're <laughs> they're yeah. And the,
0: the, the thing is as well is that i bet you a lot of people have panic attacks and i don't realize what well, they I, are I was having
1: a heart attack that's literally what i thought i said to the guys i feel like i'm having a heart attack and you're know, yeah. running all these tests or whatever on me and then he's like doing like finger pricks and whatever and he was like no, he's like y- you would know if you were having a heart attack and I was like but I think I like I thought I was having a heart attack um and mine sort of seems to be triggered by like health um stuff so obviously like coronavirus is great because I have really bad hay fever as well so every time I had a cough in the summer I was like oh oh, my god, oh god yeah um, so it's sort of it is sort of triggered by like like I could have like a slight pain in my chest or maybe like a weird pain in my back and I can, I don't, I haven't had a panic attack touchwood for like quite some time, but I can feel that sensation like sort of creeping in. It's sort of like all in the back of my head and then I have to be like, no, like, it, you know, it's just a twinge. Or... And the problem with anxiety is that it gives you physical symptoms.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Like yeah.
1: I, you know, you, you you feel heavy, you have, you know, aches and pains, you get headaches. And you get it feels like someone's sitting on your chest, you get stomachache you know you start you feel like you're gonna be sick all the time that's how like my anxiety manifests itself and it it's like it makes you think that you're ill and you're not
0: <laughs> when you're in that period what how did you get out of it so how did you kind of what's <laughs> it sounds ridiculous what stuff did you do <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think i Obviously, like, I was living at home and my parents were very aware that, um, yeah, I was struggling um, and I went to see, at first I went to see a lady um, who was an NLP therapist and I don't think like the methods that she gave me were particularly helpful in terms of um, getting rid of my anxiety but I think half of sort of like the road to recovery, if you like, um, is actually understanding what the hell is going on. Yeah. Um, because yeah. she sort of like, you know, she she broke, she gave me all these like really great worksheets, and it is and and that sort of explained why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Um, you know, we did this this sort of psychological. Um, it's called like a life stress index, and I scored so highly because. I'd like you know i'd lost a great-grandparent that, that year i'd yeah like i said i've moved home moved you know got a new job i was like in a new routine i'd gone from like doing literally nothing at uni mm. for like the last month to working nine to five and having sort of all this you know new responsibility um and she she really helped me to understand yeah like the, the physical reaction so you know she's like you know you're not breathing properly you take you start hyperventilating so oxygen isn't getting to your extremities. that's why you know your your lips feel cold that's why your fingers go numb because you're not breathing properly so obviously the remedy to that is breathe deeply (laughs) like it was it was little things like that and that I started to realize that you know it wasn't it it was stuff that sort of was beyond my control but if I reacted in the right way and sort of you know started to understand it and work through it I I could sort of help myself, um, and yeah, that really. And I sort of, well, I guess, I grew out of it, and I broke up with um, my then boyfriend, um, which I think got rid of a lot of issues. Mm. Um, <laughs> but then later on that year, I started having like the sim- like similar sensations, um, and I went back to see her, and you know, she said, you know, gone through like this huge life event of you know ending like a long-term relationship it's sort of like a bit of a delayed reaction and and mm. you know she's explained this whole thing of this evolutionary thing where your brain sort of protects you from traumatic events and lets it out one bit at a time so day-to-day things that I just did without thinking I'd just be sitting on my desk at work and suddenly I'd be like whoa like mm. panic Um. And, and yeah it sort of started to seep into my life again um and then I went to see I went to see a counsellor um and that was really helpful for sort of just like having someone to talk to and working through stuff that uh, yeah you know with, with counselling stuff comes out that you, you you've never really thought about and pe- you know they ask probing questions for a reason um and it's sort of yeah like I loads of stuff came out like I didn't really deal with anger properly I, I'm not an angry person I'd rather cry <laughs> but all of this stuff sort of like you know it, it starts to build up a bigger picture in your mind as to sort of like why you might be experiencing it and, it, and it, it, it it sort of justifies it in a way which um yeah makes it easier to deal with and just generally being like a bit kinder to myself so like I yeah you know saying yes to stuff that I I went through a phase as well where I'd, I'd go out for like drinks with friends and stuff and then I'd I'd just feel like really sick and I wanted to go home and I used to have this thing when I was younger where I'd, I'd my friends would come over for a sleepover and I'd be sick and I think it's just because it was like so excited mm. and it was that similar sort of thing like I'd just get this like dread and i just like god I just want, I wasn't enjoying myself like I want to go home um so I had to sort of start like forcing myself to do stuff like that again and enjoy it and yeah like it was was, it's weird like it's a weird thing it like sort of takes all of the it makes everything that you like should enjoy and that everyone else seems to enjoy sucks the joy out of it (laughs) yeah
0: no that is exactly it no that's that's so true because it's like for instance i I like football i like going to watch football matches Mm -hmm. and i because and i always have done so i've been going to football matches with my dad since i was eight so that's like a very long time ago and it's got like a sentimental value because i'll go with my dad and we like go out for a meal or drinks or whatever and it's even stuff like that i would be like i'm i'm here and i'm present but i'm not actually here and present and mm-hmm. you kind of think why am i not enjoying this and you start to question yourself yeah. like so why am i not enjoying something that i should be enjoying and it's a bit it's it's such a weird feeling and I, I i went through that period for for like quite a few years i think and i was a bit like i don't really know how to stop this because i'm not enjoying any anything and it, i I was a bit like is it is it just me <laughs> Am I just... Yeah. but and you start to question yourself and it's not until you think well until like my wife says to me perhaps you need to go and see a doctor or a, like counselor or whatever that you yeah don't get you don't have your eyes open really do you kind of
1: you feel like you're sort of like it's like a bit of like an outer body thing isn't it like Mm. your mind feels like super detached um I think a lot of the time I mean I don't know about you but my anxiety sort of manifests itself in my stomach so I always you know when I start to feel anxious I feel sick like I get that knot like talk about the knot and like butterflies in your stomach like that's where it Manifest for me, and then it like moves to my chest. Whereas I know
0: some people, it's sort of like just really in their head. Like feels like your head's like really fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> so my, mine, i again, I've, so I've I've never known anybody to describe it like I have, but I mine's basically. So you know when you go when you're doing something that you really enjoy and you get that ad- adrenaline rush.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mine's like I'm having constant adrenaline rushes, but they're really small bursts. So I'll get like a yeah. really short, sharp adrenaline burst every time a bad thought or something comes into my head and it's yeah. not and most of the time I'm absolutely mm-hmm. exhausted because I'm a bit like I'm using up energy on just nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, yeah. just, it's just weird. But that's, it's
1: exhausting isn't it yeah. being emotionally exhausted is is very different to being physically exhausted mm-hmm. like emotional exhaustion is just like and that's definitely like the point I got to like I was just emotionally exhausted and I just didn't have the energy for anything, like I like I said, I just you know, and I I I feel worse in the winter as well. Like this time of mm. year, I I struggle with, um, and yeah, I think that's like part of it, isn't it? Is sort of recognizing when you're starting to feel you're not at breaking point, but you're starting to feel yeah, like getting there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to sort of recognize those signs, and then you sort of have to take a step back and be like, okay, what can I do to? make this better and and just sort of the the reminder that it doesn't last forever like yeah the like the feeling like that's that's sort of how i i started getting through panic attacks like right this feeling is going to pass soon like it's not and also like almost um i can't remember who told me to do it um but it was almost i'd sort of be like okay like bring it on like like make me scared like make me make me panic sort of thing and that sort of is like your brain's like what like she wants it and then it's like all right like i'll like back down sort of thing um yeah it's it's weird how it it manifests itself in such different ways for for different people um
0: yeah because i think for me to come out of that frame of mind i have to literally strip everything back and mm -hmm. make my life as simple as possible yeah and because my wife suffers with anxiety and depression as well it's like we literally just bounce negativity off one another and it's just <laughs> like you know, you're just like we don't need this this is just making everything worse so it's like we yeah. we always go right let's let's strip stuff back let's not make plans this week let's just mm-hmm. like make things as simple as possible watch tv do do like the odd thing that we like and that's about it but yeah i'm so lucky with
1: um my boyfriend dan because he is the total opposite of me in terms of like he is very black and white. Like hmm. he, you know, he doesn't overthink stuff really. um And when I'm sort of sitting there, like, oh, what if this, what if that? He's like, well, here's some logic for you. <laughs> like, logically, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I think someone said to me as well, like, you know, creative thinkers tend to be the ones that are, you know, they, their minds run away because they've yeah. got a great imagination. And it's, you know, that is such a plus. Like you know, we're creative. We can, you know, like um, dream up stories and poems, and you know, you you've got a great a great imagination. But like, it also works against you sometimes because you just bed. like end up spiraling into this like massive pit of dread. <laughs>
0: That's a good way to describe um, it. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is yeah, that is what it it feels like sometimes. But. Yeah, and I think this lot, like you sort of said about a lot, of, like stripping life back the last lockdown I barely I didn't have any symptoms of anxiety at all and I think it's because we just had such a simple life Mm. like you know all of the socializing you know we, we just all we were focusing on was getting up for work in the morning going for like a run or exercising in the afternoon and then like literally what we were having for dinner and that that simplicity was sort of quite soothing. And then as soon as stuff started to open up again, I was like, whoa, like yeah. this, I'm not sure I like this. And then, yeah, you know, you sort of get back into the rhythm of life. And then the second lockdown, I I really struggled with it. Um obviously then like, I would also had like the excitement slash nerves of getting a puppy. And my brain is really bad at, at knowing <laughs> when excitement is excitement. And like anxiety, because the symptoms are like you know, exactly the feeling same. is exactly yeah. the same. It's just the emotion you attach to it, um and that can be exhausting as well. Because like you're so excited about something, and then your brain's like, oh, let's bring in a panic attack, <laughs> or like you know, make your head go tingly or whatever. Um, and you're like, whoa, no, no, this is like this is a good thing. It's like it's like you got a roller coaster. I yeah. Think like you know, it's not it's that adrenaline rush. And you're sort of like, it's in your, you know, it's like a thrill. It's like that feeling. And then it's just like, you switch out
0: the emotion that, that's sort of attached to it. It's funny, like, <laughs> it's funny you talking about puppy because it's like, <laughs> I, I, I have this thing with, so I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I probably have because I always repeat myself with everything. <laughs> but I don't like, like puppies or kittens just because they're so active and it just makes me feel anxious I think (laughs) I think that's what it is anyway but like when we first got our cat I I I didn't dislike him but as soon as he became a cat I was a bit like oh I like him better now because he's (laughs) slowed down a lot more and I think it's just I, I don't know I don't know if that's like anxiety or whatever but yeah
1: Oh, I've spent like the fir- the first I we sort of last week had these feelings both of me and Dan were like whoa, like what have we done like we've like got this dog now for like 10 15 years <laughs> um but yeah but but on the other side like I know that it's like a I've been really looking forward to getting a dog because it's sort of Everyone I've spoken to is like, you know, it's a reason to get up in the morning. You have to get out of bed. Like, you've got somebody else relying on you mm-hmm. to feed it and take it for walks. And he is buzzing every time I go downstairs. Like, every day he's like, yay, like <laughs> you're here. Yeah. And, yeah, like, when we've left him for sort of short periods and stuff, like, he's so happy <laughs> to see you. Um, and, yeah, like, you know, it will get me out of the house every morning because he'll need to go for a walk and you know that's one of the things that I when I start to you know get start to feel sort of like bad and and anxious and stuff like exercise is one of the things that really helps me Um, Mm. especially after work because we're working from home we sort of use an exercise like a run or just like a hit workout we use it as a bit of like a transition activity if you like to sort oh, of like okay. move from work into like evening hmm. like just going from sitting at your desk to like sitting on the sofa I yeah like it, it, you sort of I think I'd get into like a, like a bit of a, a cycle but actually like today we went out for a run and I, I ha- we didn't get to do anything last week because obviously looking after the dog but um yeah like it, it sort of makes you feel a bit like more awake more human um And that, yeah, that
0: really helps. Even yeah, it's like a walk. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I've I've started to do that again. So I've, I think, basically a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I've put loads of weight on over lockdown. It's not great, and we're meant well, we're meant to be going on holiday next year. So I was a bit like, I need to lose a bit of weight, and because I've I've always been quite a sporty person. I love running. I love playing football. I've done. I've I've got two marathons books in next year. And I don't know oh, wow. how the hell I'm going to do that. <laughs>
1: but that's good, having having a, I think that's some of like part of like sort of the coping thing as well, is, is having something to work towards yeah. as well, because you sort of have that end goal. And I don't know, like, I, I think it's it's like something with that, like, part of mine, you know, I think for most people, anxiety is that sort of like lack of control, that like, you feel like you're losing control of something. But actually when you have stuff like a marathon to work towards or like yeah just you know hitting a certain number of blog views or whatever it's something you can control like you can mm-hmm. do stuff and you'll get there and then when you get to it it's like oh I did that like mm-hmm. I did it like I worked for it and that like positive reinforcement in your brain is is like is so good for I think com- combating that that anxiety and also like that that whole self-esteem thing as well like anxiety often you, you know it's paired with like low self-esteem you know you don't feel yourself like you feel really low but yeah when you come back from a run
0: you're like yes i yeah. just did that like, yeah. <laughs> mine's mine's the opposite a little bit at the moment because i'm because so I bought, I bought these new running trainers because i thought oh i haven't done running for a little while i'm going to treat myself and like you know those I, I can't remember what they're called but they're those nike ones that were almost made illegal so you know that wow. some basically like a like an ultra fit marathon runner ran like the world record time in these trainers and because they've got like a like a spring platform in the front of them. Yeah. And I can't run properly in them at all. It's really weird. <laughs> like I've, I've struggled and they really hurt my legs. So I'm a bit like, I need to go back to my old trainers because yeah, yeah I, keep, I keep coming back and thinking, that wasn't good. My legs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> these yeah. kids,
1: the old faithful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You see, so you mentioned you used to live with your parents and then that's kind of when you kind of started to have your panic attacks and stuff. What were their reactions like and how did they cope with it? Cause I think that until you have a mental illness or like a panic attack or, or pan- anxiety, depression, I always use those ones cause they're the ones I've had. <laughs> but Like you, unless you've had them, I don't think you really understand what they feel like and it's difficult in turn to know how to react towards them
1: Mm. yeah like my I think obviously for them it was quite hard because like my my mum would be there sometimes when I was having a panic attack and it's one of those things where she's like I I I sort of don't know how to help you she was just sort of there like comforting me like it was just, it was nice to have someone there. But yeah, like, I think a lot of people don't really know how to react. And it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't, like, won't ever sort of be with someone when they're having a panic attack. But um, yeah, like they, I think as well, they, they sort of found it like hard in a way to sort of understand why I was sort of going for it. Because, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, you should be happy, like, you should not feel yeah. this way, because you're, you know, you've got a good job, you've got, like, at the time, you're in a good relationship, you, um, you know, you, you've got a good life, nice friends and stuff, but there's, like, I don't know, there's that sense for you, personally, that sort of, like, something's missing, um, and you sort of can't quite put your finger on it, and it is the fact that you just don't feel like yourself,
0: <laughs> pretty yeah.
1: much, Um, so I think, yeah, that that was quite hard, and I guess, um I guess I, I, to be honest I haven't actually really like it's quite bad it? I've probably not like sort of revisited that time because it was uh, yeah I, I just sort of like I just felt like I was existing yeah. at home like I just got upstairs um to my room and sort of just like moke in my bed I guess and it's, it's, yeah it's a uh, yeah I, I and I've definitely like definitely Dan Dan also sort of when I've had panic attacks or sort of like moments of anxiety of him, he's like, How can I help you? Like, I want to help you. And hmm. sometimes you know what the, the best thing you can do is just sit there and be like, You're gonna know, be fine. Um, but he found it really useful watching um, a series, uh, there's a series on Netflix called Explained.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, e- there's an episode yeah. on
1: anxiety, and he watched that and he was like, Wow, like I, I sort of get it now. Like, and actually, if anybody wants to sort of understand like the physiological reactions that are going on when someone's having a panic attack like that's a really good episode to watch because it explains it like in a really succinct way and that as, as i said before like that's part of the re that's part of, that was part of my sort of like acceptance i guess if you like of, of what i was going through because i i could be like okay i understand what's going on and it's sort of like applying that like evolutionary logic and that like fight or flight yeah thing. yeah like knowing that's what it is you're like okay like my body doesn't know like that <laughs> yeah and you know that, that you know going back to lockdown and stuff like we ha- are not built to like last in this like length of uncertainty and everybody I'm speaking to they're just like I'm so bur- done I'm so burnt out um and it's that's the whole surge capacity thing where like you know we're meant to deal with like short stresses we're not meant to deal with six months
0: yeah, <laughs> six yeah.
1: more like more than six months of not being able to sort of like see friends or family and I don't know about you like obviously we're on a zoom call right now but I find video calls really exhausting
0: yeah I'm, I mean I don't I don't do video calls unless it's unless somebody at work wants to or yeah. for the podcast that's literally I, I haven't spoken to even, so even when I my best mate I, he was on my second podcast didn't zoom call him because I was like do you know what? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I, I should really make that an option. I I should really say, like, do you want to just do it over the phone? But I, you know, you yeah. just a bit like, oh, everybody does Zoom now. So I'll do it. Yeah. I but, think I think
1: I do prefer sort of speaking to someone's like face if you like to yeah. so like you get like a better connection when you're like on a but you know, when you're on like big group calls, I just find myself like constantly looking at myself, like, oh god, like yeah. oh, my hair looks weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh I've got a spot on the middle of my forehead or whatever and and you're you have to be on like if you're on the phone you can sort of like listen
0: and switch and, off a bit
1: <laughs> yeah and same if you're in like a meeting really like you can sort of like yeah like oh this bit on the agenda is not for me um but yeah like zoom uh, you know video calls and stuff are intense i've heard some some of my friends be like oh i've been like an all day zoom i'm like what what <laughs> all day like that is too
0: much yeah i was i had a two-hour call yes today no today it's this morning and um i I literally don't know what that is at the minute but (laughs) i I was on this call and then people were just so i think i don't know why but this because i've worked for three different companies during lockdown so it's been really interesting but the company i work for at the minute they they're all on camera apart from like so, in this meeting this morning, people were like, I'm just going to get a cup of coffee and then, like, literally switch the camera off and then walk away. And I'm like, that's so good because I can do yeah. that just to, like, get away from the screen for a bit because it's like, yeah. I've are just sitting there for two hours and it's...
1: Yeah. Nobody cool. wants that. The, I must admit, like, the one thing I have sort of, like, the one thing that's gone virtual that I have, liked is, like, sort of conferences and stuff. Yeah. Um, because, you know, before you'd, like, travel down to London, you'd spend, like, three hours commuting... There and back to go to a conference, you know, you you know, all the talk. You have to go to, you have to go to every talk, or you have to sort of listen to speakers. But I've done quite a lot of like virtual conferences and stuff during lockdown, Um, and they've been so useful. And I've been sitting in my tracksuit trousers (laughs) at my desk, yeah. And I can, you know, I can tune into the the talks that I want to listen to. I can go make a cup of tea. The only thing there isn't is like a free buffet.
0: But <laughs> yeah, they're usually pretty naff anyway, aren't they? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. But so I did one at the start of the year that was like really like they'd gone all out with the catering. It was all like it was all like eco friendly, all like vegan, oh, nice. and like healthy. But I was like, this is this is pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like over the years, like conferences have massively upped their game in the buffets because they used to be yeah. like literally just sandwiches. And now yeah, you and get there's like...
1: so many small businesses now that are doing really good catering mm. for, for conferences and stuff. So if I ever have run my own conference, I've got a good catalogue of people like
0: <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> but like going back to the whole work thing, so i again like, I've had really contrasting experiences of kind of like your employer understanding the kind of mental health aspect of working from home mm. or just not seeing anybody or not being in the office or whatever, like how, have, have you kind of found that with, with your employer? Have they been quite kind of good at kind of like understanding it or? um, So,
1: yeah, I mean, a lot of people at my job were furloughed. Um, so like for the, for the first lockdown, like it was like a minimal team. And I found that quite hard because, um, like, my job, obviously, social media is quite creative. I like to bounce ideas off people. And most of my ideas come from sort of, like, those, like, water cooler moments where you sort of pop in someone's office for, like, a cup of tea. And then, like, an hour later, you've, like, got, like, a whole plan and, you know, all these, like, crazy ideas that have just come out, like, what was meant to be, like, a five-minute chat. Um, So I I did miss that quite a lot Um, and sort of in the middle of the last lockdown I I found it quite hard um, working from home and obviously there's nothing we could do because my workplace was closed Uh, Um, and the offices were shut Um, and you know yeah it it felt quite isolating I think at times Um, but, but it's just not a situation that anybody ever foresaw I think so a lot of employers I think have just sort of been like ah like you know his you know let us know if you need to chat sort of thing um I was very fortunate that my line manager came back off furlough in June um and so I had sort of like someone that was like a very close point of contact that I could talk to and we sort of like you know supported each other and stuff and that was much better um and then as stuff sort of started to open up again like obviously more people came back to work and then obviously like everything closed again um but yeah having I think having sort of like someone at work that you can like buddy up with and sort of you know bounce just even if it's literally just having like a virtual cup of tea like yeah. having like half an hour where you're like we're just going to talk about nothing because that that helps like me and Dan literally work side by side I do yeah <laughs> like yeah we've got like a desk that goes across our office uh, like the, the wall of the office so we sit next to each other um and um but yeah, like he's on calls all the time and I'm you know, doing my own thing as well. So we don't really interrupt each other. I stick my headphones in, listen to music um, and he, he does his phone calls. So it, it works. And uh, then at lunchtime, we're like, how's your day going? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think a lot of the working from home stuff, like people need to take back to the office, like when they start to go back, like I have a longer lunch, like, you know, I'll try and take a lunch break. I could try and take, you know, I'll, try, I'll go for a walk at lunchtime sit down and actually have my lunch come away from the screen rather than sitting on my desk and like just like mindlessly shoveling food in my mouth
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you know, you've got a yeah you need you need the break and it makes you yeah like uh, you know going back to the office when we go back to the office i'm hoping that i'll sort of like try and continue continue that because it's so, it's so easy to do at work you're like oh i can't be really bothered to go and like sit
0: somewhere yeah. else to eat
1: my lunch i'll just sit and eat at my desk whereas actually like just taking half an hour away from your screen just yeah helps and getting outside if it's not hammering it down with rain <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which but... i won't have a lot of choice that without a dog like i'm gonna have to take yeah it off that's ride, true even if it is hammering it down with
0: rain <laughs> yeah yeah it's not but if it and the but the thing is though is that when you think about it we weren't even allowed out for more than an hour first during the first lockdown yeah. so it's like
1: yeah
0: i'm just like yeah you're allowed outside
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, ta- I talked about that on the, the last podcast of the first series with my friend and I was just like looking back that seems so weird that we were just allowed out for an hour a day like that's so weird. I think it
1: like when I think about that first lockdown I'm like how like that, like that happened like it was so like it was weird though because like for the first couple of weeks like it sort of almost always felt quite novel
0: yeah yeah it did like
1: yeah. it was quite like oh like weird. <laughs> day at home and like me and, yeah me and my boyfriend moved into our house in november last year so we've literally been in it for what like yeah december january february we've been there for like three or four months or four months when we went into lockdown so i was like great what plants can i buy like what you know what stuff can i order <laughs> to fill like the spaces in my house that i've suddenly realized need filling um like it, yeah it, it's so so weird when you when you think back but and i think that's why it's sort of so exhausting this i'm finding this one like quite exhausting this time around because like we did it for like four months Mm. there's like four months of you know we were inside and you know we weren't allowed to see friends and family other than on a screen um and this time around it doesn't feel like everyone's sort of had enough i think yeah
0: you've kind of answered it already like as we've been speaking but what three things would you say are really good coping mechanisms if you if you suffer from a mental illness
1: um so well for me has been like i said setting time aside for myself um and time blocking has been like a, a revelation that i've discovered in the last like month where you basically i just go through my google calendar once a week and i literally time block like every hour mm-hmm. um like what i'm doing Uh, and then that makes me feel more in control of my time um and yeah you sort of like you have that element of control um second one is just finding someone that you can talk to like you know if someone says to you how can I help like tell them how they can help rather than just saying like oh you know there's nothing I can do like most most people that you love and who are close to you will they want they don't they don't like seeing you struggle so Hmm. if they can do anything to help you and and half of it again is just that under that understanding so yeah like my i guess that yeah the third tip would sort of you know try and and get some understanding as to why you might feel like that like i'm i guess i'm a bit of a logical person in the sense that understanding the why behind like the physiological reactions and stuff was actually quite helpful um and it it made sense so Things like you know, you your hands are going numb because you're not breathing properly. Well, that's you know, just remember to breathe <laughs> if you can, yeah. Um, and yeah, and it and and yeah, and, and the feelings will pass. Like you know, they're they're horrible, and, and those times where you you feel in that endless pit of dread, um, yeah, they, they don't last forever. They'll they'll go away, um, and yeah, it's just sort of about like mitigating
0: like the risk of, of, of having one I guess having a panic attack and, and just go through that thank you so much for coming on I really appreciate it and yeah it's it's been really good speaking to you it's, yeah
1: thanks for having me
0: I feel like it's every one of these I do it's like a little journey like I feel like it's yeah, yeah it's it's yeah yes. it's
1: it's nice and like I don't like I don't really I probably don't talk about like my anxiety and mental health enough like I'm very conscious that I have a platform um, so like on things like mental health awareness day and stuff I do post and say you mm-hmm. know like woo, like just FYI um and people are like what <laughs> you know, you but then also people are like oh like this you know I'm really glad you've posted this like this is I think I, I put something up at the start of the year and someone said like this has been the prompt that I needed to go and speak to someone and if that just helps one person so I think you know if anybody has a platform like we all have a sort of duty to to talk about stuff that might make us feel a bit uncomfortable and, and maybe make other people feel uncomfortable but ultimately like if it helps one person and then it's done its job
0: yeah that's the reason why I started doing this just to tell my story i, I mm. if there was one other person in my position that had anxiety depression or any other mental illness and it helped them that's amazing but mm-hmm. I can just yeah. stop doing it, <laughs> yeah. but like that's, that's yeah, that's kind of been my thing all along because it's and it's it's it is nice to help people and it is nice to get those messages, like for instance, when you just said that it kind of made somebody go and get help, that's amazing because if you wouldn't have done that, they mm-hmm. might not have gone and got help, and yeah
1: it's like it's it's changed like fundamentally like changed someone's life really mm. like you know that that really. I don't know, you know, I don't know how, like how, how, how it went for them, but you know ultimately they took like what is actually quite a difficult step in asking for help, like that sometimes the hardest thing is been like putting your hands up and saying, like, "I can't do this on my own. Um, I'm struggling and I need help, And actually, like that's the hardest bit, and then the rest you can is going to be difficult, but you know, ultimately, you've made the right the right, right step
0: yeah thank you well, so much great to chat to you you too
1: speak to you
0: later bye. bye thank you so much to sophie for coming on the stress sessions i say this pretty much every week but it's great that so many people are beginning to talk about their mental health if you are suffering with a mental illness and haven't decided to reach out to anybody yet please please do talk to someone whether that's a member of your family a friend or even someone you don't know that well by talking you're starting the journey to recovery and if you aren't suffering from mental ill health try reaching out to someone that may be having a difficult time you honestly never know when someone might be finding life tough if you think you need professional help i've copied and pasted a link to all of the helpful professional services that are available to residents of the uk and i and most of them are free so please do check them out Thank you and hope you can tune in again next week when I have a very special guest on. Thanks.